Well, good morning. Welcome to Directional Bible Ministries. My name is Dwayne. This is a teaching ministry that is called to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery. Today is June the 8th, and we still find ourselves in the book of Ephesians. Session number 22 today, and we're going to be in chapter 4. We're going to pick up in verse number 31. Don't have a lot of time today. I'm pushing it, but I do want to get at least the recording done. Uh, session 22, chapter 4. Last time, we this is chapter number 4. Paul, when he gets into verse number 17, or at least, I mean, chapter number 4, it's all about unity in the body of Christ. He switches from doctrinal to practical. Paul does that a lot in all of his teachings. He he lays out the doctrine, and then he he talks about how to practically live that out. And to me, that is the model for teaching today. And, you know, I was talking to somebody the other day. Most most churches today, when you go in, they read a text, and they don't explain it. They don't interpret it. They don't extrapolate the doctrine from it. They just go, application. How can this apply to me now? They totally skip the doctrinal part and do the practical part. Paul didn't do that. Romans 1 through 8 is doctrinal. Uh, Romans 12 through the end of the book is is practical. Paul always laid out the doctrine before he did the application. And that's why we have a church today that is completely ignorant. Uh, That's why wokeism is literally flooding our mainline denominational churches. Uh, They're underwater. And it's because their their attendees, their, their members do not know uh, the doctrines that are taught in the Word of God regarding these societal ills. Um, So I see it all the time on colleges, university campuses. Uh, They're young people that just come out of these churches. They're in this uh, collective uh, Christian environment. They love the Lord, but they really don't know who He is. They don't know their Bibles, you know, so when you bring up a doctrinal issue that ties to an issue that's in the mainstream politics of the day, they side with the woke for the most part. They may have a little hesitancy to them because they know maybe, you know, but they don't have the doctrinal, the scriptural foundation to defend anything because that's not what was taught to them. The majority of the churches they came from, pastors have become life coaches. Um, it, it's just sad. Um, and it, me and a brother were talking about that. Uh, matter of fact, just this morning. Uh, so Paul here is in the practical side and he's been going through, especially starting in verse 17, uh, about this. I say, therefore, in lieu of everything, uh, this is how you need to walk. You know, this is how you need to put this into practice. Uh, and then we got down into verse 31 the other day. Well, verse 30 is where we left off. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed until the day of redemption. Um, again, this, you know, this, this speaks of a sealing that is placed upon the believer. You know, how many times have I heard someone say, you can lose your salvation. You can walk away from from God and he'll turn his back on you uh, you can immediately go from blessed to damned, you know. Um, where do they get this stuff? Uh, they get it from 
the kingdom gospel. They get it from Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. They get it from the Hebrew epistles, which is Hebrews through Revelation. You don't get that from the Pauline epistles. You don't get that from the Apostle Paul. Uh, we are sealed until the day of redemption, um, period. Um, so, you know, you can't lose your salvation. You are sealed until the day of redemption. I talked about that last time. Um, and then he says also, um, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put from you with all malice. Uh, is he, you know, the verse presents a bit of a challenge because of the last three words with all malice. Is he saying that the ones before it, bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking, uh, you can do those things as long as it's not with malice. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think so. Malice is ill will or with the intent to hurt or harm the other party. In other words, you can be bitter as long as you don't do it with ill will, with the intent to hurt or harm the other party. I, I don't think he's saying that. Um, I mean, how many of those things can be done without malice? You know, I mean, can you clamor? That means brawling. I mean, can you brawl without malice? Um, or is it saying that the last vice of evil speaking, uh, which is slander, uh, should not be done with ill intent. Well, I mean, can you speak evil or slander someone without ill intent? <laughs> I don't, I don't think so. Um, you know, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put from you with all malice. I, th I think he's just saying, you know, you need to set aside this bitterness and this wrath and this anger and this clamor and this, evil speaking about other people with anything else that you might do with ill intent to hurt or to harm someone else. Um, so I think that's what he's saying uh, there. Uh, and then he says in verse 32, and be ye kind to one another, which is the exact opposite. Be ye kind to one another, tenderhearted forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. Instead, Paul says that it is better to be kind to one another. It's better to be tender-hearted toward one another and forgive one another, just as Christ has forgiven us. Um, so instead of being bitter, you know, and angry and wrathful, vengeful, brawling and speaking evil of each other and anything else that you would do with ill intent to hurt somebody, uh, why not instead be kind to one another? How about instead be tender hearted to one another? Um, uh, so, uh, and that leads right into the next chapter five, be ye therefore followers of God as dear children. So Paul continues to be practical. And the word followers means imitators. Instead, be like Jesus, you know, instead be like him. I mean, he was tenderhearted. He was forgiving. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Um, he forgave us. Um, you know, he wasn't bitter. He wasn't wrathful. He wasn't angry without a cause. He wasn't a brawler. 
he opened his mouth. He did not even open his mouth at the accusations. He didn't speak evil of other people. He didn't do things with ill intent to hurt somebody. So again, he's saying instead, be imitators. Be imitators of God as dear children. Uh, just as a child would imitate their earthly fathers, and they do, or if they don't have their earthly fathers, that's a big problem. That's another whole Bible study. Uh, the breakdown of the American family is absolutely tragic, what's going on. Um, uh, just as a child would imitate their earthly father, so they should imitate their heavenly father. And walk in love, as Christ also hath loved us, and hath given himself for us an offering, a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. Notice that the believer should walk in the love that Christ had for us. So instead of brawling and being bitter and being vengeful, why not respond like Christ responded? Uh, in that same love, Christ is our standard. In 2 Corinthians 10 2, um, 10 2, 10 12. For we dare not make ourselves of the number or compare ourselves with, with some that commend themselves, boast about themselves, but they, measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves, are not wise. In other words, I shouldn't compare myself to you. You shouldn't compare yourself to me. Instead, we should be, preparing, we should be comparing ourselves to Christ. He is our standard bearer. He is the one that we are called to emulate. Um, the rest of the verse, uh, and walk in love as Christ has also loved us and has given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God, demonstrates exactly how far Jesus went to demonstrate that love, his love for us. We are to walk in that same love toward our fellow man. That's a tall order. Uh, there's some people I, I don't have a problem liking. Um, but there's some people, they're not very likable. Um, you know, and it's, it's tall order. Uh, I used to say, I can love you, but I don't have to like you. <laughs> um, but that's the kind of love that we're to have. Even brothers and sisters in Christ, in the church, in the fellowship, uh, we just don't think the same. We're not on the same wavelength. We don't agree on issues, but yet we're still supposed to love them as Christ has loved us with a agapeo, sacrificial type of love. And he says in verse number three, but fornication. And, you know, that sexual sin and all uncleanliness, uh, covetousness. Let it not be named once among you as becometh saints. So now he lists sins that should not be named among believers. Fornication. This includes all sexual sin. Uh, other translations say immorality. It's all sexual sin. You know, I think the Bible talks about fornication, adultery, incest, bestiality, and homosexuality. All of those are sins. In the Bible, I know, I know, I know. It's Rainbow Month. 
but the Bible speaks against that. Period. Okay. Uh, so fornication includes all sexual sin. Uh, uncleanliness or uncleanness speaks of impurity. Anything that you would do to cause yourself to be impure. And covetousness, the word means holding or desiring more or greedy, like the PGA right now. <laughs> uh, these athletes, man, they will sell their souls for money. Um, it's just an absolute shame. Uh, these things should not be named among them as becometh saints. That word becometh is translated as is fitting or as is proper for saints. Saints should not be doing these things. Um, and again, I've mentioned this before. You know, some people say that saints is referring to the Jews. Um, you know, if if that be the case, then it, 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 it means that believers should not do them as the Jews don't didn't do them under the law. But I don't think that's what it's saying. I think it just means that believers should not do these things, period. I, uh, at one time I entertained the thought that the word saints, and again, you know, if, 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 if they're talking about the Jews and they refer to them as saints, then the word saints is referring to Jewish saints. But the apostle Paul is clearly not talking. He's talking to Gentiles here, uh, in the book of Ephesians, he, uh, Gentiles, well, the, the Ephesian church was predominantly Gentile. Uh, so I just, I just don't hold that saint is anyone that is wholly set apart. Verse number four, neither filthiness nor foolish jest, talking or jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. The word filthiness, um, this means obscene, that which uh, speaks of the portrayal or description of sexual matters. Which brings us back to the month that we're in. They are grooming our children um, doing these things in the streets, these sisters of indulgence that the Major League Baseball is supposedly going to have uh, at one of their games for this month. They are, they are filthy. Okay, They are immoral. Uh, they are obscene. And, uh, you know, it doesn't matter. You know, Noah went to the ark in the minority, but bless God, he came out in the majority. You can be right, or you can be, the majority is not always right. As a matter of fact, the majority is usually wrong. Um, stick with what the Bible says. The Bible changes not. God does not change. God hasn't changed his mind about any of this. Okay? God has not changed his mind about this. Foolish talking, that's just silly talk or buffoonery, uh, just, you know, idle words coming out of your mouth. Uh, jesting speaks of turning words in a negative sense or twisting into a vulgar sense. And we see that, you know, the average sitcom today, even the average cartoon has innuendo in it. Uh, it's, it's meant to go over the child's head. Um, it's, uh, it's, uh, <clears throat> it's innuendo. It's, it's, uh, twisting words to, to insinuate something vulgar. 
And he says, as children of God, as saints, we shouldn't be doing that. We shouldn't be doing. Notice he says, neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor jesting, which are not convenient. That word convenient means appropriate. We shouldn't be doing those things. They are not appropriate. Um, He is saying that rather than doing the aforementioned things, we should be, but rather, giving thanks. Barnes says of this, instead of filthiness, foolish talk, and jesting, we should be using that time in the service of God. If we focused on what God's called us to, you know, and again, don't be looking at them, be looking at him. You know, I got enough problems to worry about your problems. Uh, Focus on your relationship with the Lord. And uh, so instead of filthiness, foolish talk, and jesting, we should be using that time in the service of God. In verse 5, and this is where I'll wrap up, For this ye know, that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. So Paul seems to be making a reference back to verse number 3. Um. But fornication, uh, which speaks of the whoremonger, uh, the sexual deviant, unclean person, uncleanliness, nor covetous man, covetousness, chapter 5, verse 3, who is an idolater. So he doesn't mention that in chapter number 3, but an idolater is someone who's following an idol instead of God hath any inheritance in the kingdom of God. Again, he seems to be comparing he seems to be comparing Jews that are under the law. No, I'll rework that. I don't think that's what that's talking about. He's not questioning their salvation, but their behavior. And I really do, we're going to dig into this verse a little bit more. I'm going to, I mean, he's obviously referring back to verse 3, because it almost reads verbatim. Instead of fornication, he says whoremonger. Instead of all uncleanliness, he says, nor unclean person. Or covetousness, he says, covetous man who is an idolater. So what is he talking about there? Hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God? So let's let's break that down, that verse down a little bit further the next time we get together. So uh, we'll pick up there in verse number five uh, next time we get together. Well, God bless you guys. Been a quick hit today. I got some things I got to take care of, but I did want to get something recorded. And uh, I appreciate every one of you. And um, I pray that our Lord blesses you. And remember that he loves you, wants the best for you. And he is working all things out for our good.